Hey, you're listening to Melissa Unscripted, and we want you to know we love our listeners. We especially love when they send us ideas for new episodes they like to hear, and when they subscribe so they don't miss an episode. So share your ideas, hit the subscribe button, and keep listening. So, did you have a good weekend? I did. I went to Asheville, which was fun. Asheville's a cool city. It is cool. Great restaurants. Yeah. Did a little singing. <laughs> I heard. Yeah. Like, I actually heard it before oh, I know. Well, actually, you helped me. <laughs> but then I had to do a live performance, which I was not expecting, but it was all good. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I would, have, I would not have done that. No, it was a good friend of mine's birthday, and she's a pretty accomplished musician and has a band, and I, I sent her our... Um, recording of the song she does this great birthday party where the only gift you can bring is you serenade her and whether it's happy birthday or a song you pick is very interesting I'd never been before and she's really one of my best friends from high school so anyway as you know we recorded a song the only one I know all the words to and um and what song is that it's called well it's called the pill by Loretta Lynn I think it was censored and so I'm not sure a lot of Americans know about it but I just was so obsessed with it in college. I learned every word. And um, it's country, so it fits my voice really well, <laughs> or lack thereof. But anyway. Um, and it's rebellious, so that fits you pretty well, too. Very rebellious. So when she, as a joke, I sent her the recording that we did when we did my last podcast, which wasn't in my last podcast, by the way. No, but, she made me pull it out. Yeah. But um, And she said, oh, my God, you've got to do that live. I'll accompany you. <laughs> I said, Okay, she goes, it would be the best birthday present ever. So, of course, you can't say no to that. I don't remember a whole lot about it. But evidently, Asheville will do that to you. Evidently, it went okay. That's <laughs> fine. But anyway, yeah, I'm not sure I'll be on tour, but it was good one time. You're listening to Melissa Unscripted, the show that brings you tips, tales, and the truth about the real estate world. I'm your host, Dave Wilson, and with me always is the woman who shouldn't audition for The Voice, Melissa Greer. I live in an old house. It said it was built in 1943 on record. Mm-hmm. And it, was, it wasn't in the city limits when it was built. I think it's older than that. And how are records, how are like home records done? Because it says 19, I think it was 1943. It was right during World War II. And they have these really nice summer doors inside the house, which are like cast iron mm-hmm. doors for like coal fireplaces okay and of course you couldn't get cast iron during the war effort right so like maybe it was built before then or i mean it was the old farmhouse it possibly could have been built after because usually if you go back to county records mm-hmm. sometimes it's either when they get the permit they'll put the year that they would get a permit to build it or it could be the year that they get what they call now a certificate of occupancy, which means it's okay for someone to live there. So it's with older historic properties, that, and I deal with a lot of them, sometimes the year that the county has it is not necessarily the year it was finished. It sometimes could be the year it was started. So, And it couldn't have been before? I was thinking it was maybe before then. It possibly could have been if they put the date as, um, if they put the date as the date it became um, okay to live in it. The other thing too is, are you sure it wasn't moved there? It's possible. Sometimes it that, fits, yeah. sometimes there's, for instance, there's a house in my neighborhood that was moved from a much older neighborhood. 
And the, the records... You, you mean the house itself? Yeah. It? No, no, it was the oh, original farmhouse oh, okay. out in that area. Okay. It's in the city now, but yeah. it was uh, Carriage Hills at the time. Oh, yeah. Okay. Would that be considered a historical home? Well, not necessarily. I think the historical homes usually are more in the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really... Unless there's some significance. No. So, so no. It's very insignificant. <laughs> well, it's, it is because you live there. <laughs> is it because it's the Wilson household? <laughs> no. Um, if, For instance, there's a famous architect in Greensboro. His name was Ed Lowenstein. Oh, yeah. I know the Lowenstein. And um, he was a student of Frank Lloyd Wright. So his homes are historic. They are, Preservation Greensboro pays a lot of attention to any of his houses. And they were usually built in the 50s, 60s, 70s even. So. Yeah, I, I was in one of his houses, and it was beautiful. I love how he did a lot like Lloyd Wright did, where he oh, incorporated yeah. the outside with the inside. That's what he does. He's known for that. And he had this huge, one of the walls to the exterior was just glass mm-hmm. and tilted and had a fireplace in the glass. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And it was really cool, cause you, but you could, there was no chimney going up. So how was it vented out they to the side? They actually had a fan, and they did it underground oh, wow. and had a piece of artwork in the yard. He's pretty amazing. Yeah, and then the, yeah. the artwork was actually the chimney. So that's where it exhausted. Oh, so it would smoke. The artwork would smoke when they would burn a fire. But you had this glass wall with this fireplace right there. Can you the imagine being that creative <laughs> to do that? I would like to be. I would love to be. No, I, I actually showed one of his properties this weekend um, that we're, we're going to be marketing out in Pleasant Garden. And it's on three and a half acres, not touched. The people had it built by him. And even some of the furniture is very, it's very mid-century, so it fits it real well. But he, he was very, uh, I mean, it's, it's an interesting. His daughter actually lives in Greensboro in one of his homes. So it's, they, you know, she's stayed here. Yes, I've met her. That mm-hmm. might have been the house I was at. Yeah. That I was telling you about. Oh, it that might have been. Mm-hmm. That probably, I think that was his. Okay. So it's probably one That would of make his. sense. Yeah, it was really cool. Very yeah. creative. Do you do a lot of historical I actually do. In the last few years, I've done quite a bit. of. I, I grew up in a historic neighborhood in Greensboro, and we always lived in older homes, and I've always lived in older homes, and I love it because I, the homes tell a story, and I love that. So I, I love to market them. I've never lived in a new home or a newish home. I no. love older homes. I love the character they have. It's interesting, though. When I stay in a hotel, I like to stay in a newer hotel or almost a contemporary hip hotel but when i choose a house for myself it's always older i grew up in a really old farmhouse probably i don't know 1800s late 1800s out in the country oh wow that it wasn't my cool. it wasn't our house we rented i mm-hmm. it was in a parsonage i'm a preacher's kid oh wow you know, that explains, explains a, lot. a lot yes it explains a lot but um <laughs> you're either angels or devils and i was a yeah. devil <laughs> um yeah no. yes but it was a just really old home it was beautiful and just it just had that feel to it when you walked in you just felt like you were at home yeah it's interesting because um I think the older homes I enjoy why well, I, I mean I, of course I love to sell any home but the older homes really are special because it's I had a situation recently where I was selling an older home and it there was an encroachment you know that is where the garage was actually on the property behind it a lot of these older homes used to have alleyways that mm-hmm. have since gone away. And the home that this one backed up to hadn't been touched for years. And some people bought it a few years ago and redid it. So, of course, they established property lines. But during 
in older homes, a lot of times, and it's so funny, excuse me, Macy Gray's joining us <laughs> through her dog door. But um, I think that it's interesting. When I bought my house, I didn't get a survey. And you know, I don't know if you've heard the saying, the cobbler's children have no shoes. Yes. So I would always recommend a survey, but of course I didn't get one. So one day I woke up and my fence was down because my neighbors were doing a big renovation and they had taken the fence down because it was actually when they surveyed their house, it was on their property. So this happens a lot. In this situation, it's rare to see a, a building or a big part of a building. So... Fortunately, I knew all the players, and we met, and and what hit me the night before our meeting when I was trying to think of how can I creatively solve this problem is both of these homes, it was almost disrespectful to them to have this problem because I, I personify homes, and it's really easy to do with historic homes because you learn you learn who, a lot about who owned them. I use... um. And some of them even have their own names, right? Oh, well, that's how we, if a home has its own name, we market it by the name and not even the address. Because, of course, we put the address in multiple listing. But it's interesting. I've gotten to know the head of Preservation Greensboro, and I've learned more from him dealing with these historic homes because it's just every detail of it is so interesting. And so in this situation, when I said to all the owners of both properties that I felt like it was disrespectful to both properties because they were both two of the finest ones we have here. It really spoke to them and we came up with a solution that worked it out, which was great. And I wasn't expecting that, but I think that there's a lot of emotion tied to these homes that have history and have been here for so long. And people have really, even in the neighborhoods, there's certain things you can do and can't do to them. And it, it really is respectful, keeping it the way it was meant to be. I love that. What, what are some of the other complications or obstacles or things you need to know when you're selling a historical home? I guess, well, is it different than selling, you know, a, a home in just a regular neighborhood? Oh, it, it definitely is different because you, you do a little bit more research and you want to know the story. And also there are different websites that there are people who will only buy historic homes. They love them. They search for them even not living here like they may be in another city and just really want that so we um we definitely research different websites around the nation that would be good to put them on so I really I think that and just know really knowing the details of there's here's a great example I had one that was built around 1913 and I we marketed it last year and a doctor had built it so when I got the guy from Preservation Greensboro over he showed me that in the bathrooms in the kitchen, usually you'll see crystal clear crystal doorknobs. In the bathrooms in the kitchens, they were a milky quartz almost. And he said, those are more sanitary. It's opaline. And so this doctor who built this house in 1913 knew that. And even it had the original towel bars with the same opaline where you'd put the towel. So it's really, it's just, I mean, I'm fascinated by that. I mean, I feel like those details mean so much and when you're showing a home to know those it gets people excited you know because and it gets me excited so yeah I mean it adds it does add to the story yeah. you know it shows the the thought this was somebody's passion this was somebody's home this was somebody's love right and they really put a lot of thought and effort into making yeah. something like that I mean they, so it's nice to be able to pass that down. yeah they even I mean the I even learned that the way they designed it they would have they designed a little alcove in the dining room 
where they would have put their silver because the way the sun was positioned, it would shine on it at about four or five when people would come over for for an event. So, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, it had the original silk wallpaper in the dining room from 1913. Do you ever watch Antiques Roadshow? I do not. Okay, do you know about it? I do know about it. So, one of the things they do is somebody will bring in, you know, an artifact or a piece of history or art, and a lot of times they'll have a story to go along with it. And the story actually raises the value, especially if it's a documented story, actually raises the value of these artifacts or pieces of art. Is it kind of like that with the house, too? Does that raise the value having that? I mean, to me, it does. And this is what I think is, you know, it raises the value. It's very similar to a house that has an apartment attached to it. It's worth more to someone who that means something to who will use it. For me, the historic value, I've got a house now that we have listed that is incredible. It's a beautiful historic home. But you have to love the history because the history, the historic value adds to the value. Otherwise, if you're just looking for a home, you may think it's overpriced because you're not willing to pay for that. So, I mean, that's the challenging part is you have to really find people who love it and love the story. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's with anything historical. Yeah. You you find people who, who understand it. Yeah, and they want to restore it. Love I mean, it. you know the property we did on the stone, the big stone property that I did last year that the couple just loved it and researched the owner, and we already knew quite a bit about it, but he, they they actually went back and took the house back and found the original floor in the sunroom or sun porch, and it was just so exciting to be a part of watching the transformation, and everything they did, it fit what the house used to be. So, I mean, I, don't, I think it's a great, I mean, I love, I love older homes, and, but for the most part, someone who's going to take on an older home, they've owned a historic home before. I mean, it's, it's something that they're interested in. Now, is there a different relationship with you and the other agent when you're selling a home, or do you want to be there? Let's say you're selling a historic home. Are you wanting to be there to educate the seller? Well, I mean, well, the buyer? I, you know, it does help, but I always let the other agent you know, as we talked about in a previous podcast, you know, getting getting along with other agents is a primary focus of mine. So some agents, they want to show the property, but they'll welcome someone who's got more information or who can help usually, but I usually let them make that decision. The owners, even if we need to be there, most agents, I'd say 99% of the time, welcome that and are happy. What, having the owner there? Or having me okay. to, you know, describe it. And then sometimes if the owner really is passionate about it for a second showing, I'll recommend that they be there because they know the house better than anyone. It sounds like a, if I were the if I were an agent, a buying agent, and you're selling a historical home, it sounds like I'd want you to be there because you know more about it and could actually help sell it to my client. Well, we try. I mean, even... I was out of town a few weekends ago and someone was showing my historic property and I texted her the whole story of it. And she said, Oh my goodness, they're, she goes, my, my clients are going to think I'm so smart. And I just said, no, but I just said, it, I think it's important if they like historic homes to know that. And I sent her a few articles and, and she was glad and she would have been glad for me to be there. Had I been in town. Are there anything, any kind of, benefits of somebody buying a historical home there that's a great question actually if it's on the national historic register there there definitely benefits and there's also benefits where you can get it on there 
um, your property taxes in Guilford County, which is our county, are 50% forever. So that's amazing, especially if you get in a higher price point. And then the second thing is if you do renovations to historic homes that are actually certified and on the register, everything except landscaping is uh, it's up for a tax credit. So it's really beneficial financially if you're buying a historic home and if it needs any kind of work. I know you you do a lot of work with um, with the clients and sometimes you help fix houses sometimes you help with painting that kind of thing to make it you know more sellable or to help them buy a house have you ever done anything with like a historical home and seen you know like your work having somebody work on something and they reveal well i have the, cool? the most recent one that i've sold the people who bought it his brother was a specialist with historic renovations so I didn't really do a whole lot with that but I've seen it evolve into what it is so that's always exciting because you just never know I mean it's just amazing I I haven't I have vision because of what I do for a living but to actually see it become what you visualize is pretty amazing the office where our office where our office is now it's a historical building. Oh yeah, I love your office. And what was really cool was that when we were doing, we were renovating it. We took the plaster down off the walls. It was kind of crumbling. We took it down, and there, it's a downtown building, so it's like you know all the buildings all attached to each other. And apparently, the building we were in, they thought our building and our neighbor building were built at the same time. But when we took the plaster down, you could see where the windows used to be in the side of the wall. Oh wow, that's cool. It had been bricked in, so they had to rewrite. Um, you know the history because now and they saying, get very involved. In they that. do, and they, yeah. and they did because they're they realized, Yeah, they're like, oh, your house, your building must have been built first because you had windows there. And then when they added to it, you know, the building mm -hmm. beside it, they filled in the windows. And I think you know downtown Greensboro is on the National Historic Register where you are. Yes, it yes. changes at the railroad tracks. It does. So I think that I, I love where your office is. Yeah, I love that feel. It's the same thing. And, yeah, and our house. When we bought it, the family who built it were still there. Like the the granddaughter was still there. Oh, that's cool. And it passed down, and it had, it was completely carpeted. It was nasty. Like it's just been. She was old and just wasn't living there, and just had been, you know, pets and all that. And we bought the house. We pulled it all up, and it was all natural American cherry floors. Like the uh, whole house. And it probably looked. Did it look good? It was gorgeous because it'd been covered. Yeah. You know, back then, they put carpet down because yeah. it was hard to keep up hardwood floors right. before polyurethane oh yeah you know they just had to wax the floor every couple of years or even when you have it yeah even when you have it, it <laughs> still gets scratched yeah. but you don't have to do any. you can just if something spills yeah. you just wipe it up and it's, it's easy in, now it's interesting the stone house i was telling you about there was a room that looked like a crime scene the carpet was just i mean it was scary so of course i got <laughs> one of my young guys that worked for me. i was like will you get pull that carpet up and um when he pulled it up the floors were amazing and so when um Benjamin, who's with Preservation Greensboro, walked through. He told me they were 200-year-old yellow pine floors that you couldn't even replace mm -mm. money-wise. I mean, he said— Old the, forest pine. It, you can't oh, yeah. get it anymore. They were in perfect shape. I mean, wow. it was just amazing. Everything on that carpet made me think that they'd be horrible, but it was just the quality of the wood. And that's the thing with historic homes, the quality of the materials that they originally did— it's just, it's so hard when you go in attics or basements of these older homes. And I show a lot of newer homes and I show a lot of homes that were built between the two. 
you never see that. Even with the brand new custom homes, you don't see the quality. Well, they don't. Everything in my house and other historical homes, mine isn't historical, but all these other older homes is that they didn't have the same standard with yeah. wood. So everything I do to my house is custom now. Yeah. If I need anything, it has to be custom made because the lumber that you go and buy doesn't match the lumber that's oh, in yeah. the house. That's how my, that's, that's the thing is anything you do to, that's, that's a drawback if, if, you know, financially too, is anything you do to a historic home, it's going to cost a little bit more mm -hmm. because of just, and if it's a historic neighborhood, you can't use replacement windows. You have to fix the ones you have. So, I mean, it's really, that's the one difference, I think, that if someone's really looking to economize, that may not be the way to go. You really have to have a passion yeah. for, for the older way of doing things. But in the, in the long run, I mean, you know your house is going to live another 100 years. Easy. Oh, yeah. You're not worried about it breaking down. You know, you buy a new house, you're not worried about, you know, when you buy a historical home or old home, you have a different set of things you have to fix. When right. you buy a new home, you don't know what you have to fix yet. With the old home, though, you already know what needs yeah. to be fixed because it's it's lived. You know how it's going to settle. It's already settled. Mm -hmm. You know, you know where if there's any leaks, if there's any problems, you know them. You just got well, to fix the, them. Well, the structural engineer that I use, the first question he always asks me is what year was this house built? Because he says, you know, if it was built in 1915 and it's still standing and still, you know, looks you know, say 90% fine. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, that, that tells him something. He sees more structural problems with the newer homes. Yeah. They just put up too fast. Yeah. Or just different. You know, when they clear a lot, if they take a tree out and don't fill the soil back in or whatever, it just makes a difference. Yeah. So you have a lot of passion for these homes. Huh? I do. I mean, I like stories. I was an English major. So I, I love the story and I love the history of it. So. All right, before we go, what's a really good, what's your favorite story you have with? With an older putting home? Putting you on the spot, yeah, with an older home. Well, I mean. historical home. <laughs> I mean, I think probably the one closest to my heart mm -hmm. is the one, the stone one that I sold a couple of years ago to some clients of mine that had been, it had been in foreclosure and was empty for a few years. And I had these people looking for a stone house and we had kept our eye on it. And then when it came on the market, they, with foreclosures, a lot of times they'll leave it on the market to see as many bids as they can get. And it was in my neighborhood, and there was a big drama over people worrying about somebody tearing it down because it was on two and a half acres, which could have been subdivided. And so the bank called me to list it because I live in the neighborhood, and I'm a luxury broker in Greensboro, but I do every price point, by the way. <laughs> and... um. And so I thought, well, I'm not a foreclosure realtor, but they called me and I said, well, I have to disclose, I may have someone interested in it, but I also need to disclose that if this could possibly go to a developer, I probably can't be a part of it because I live in this neighborhood and have a lot of clients here and I feel like it would be risky for me. And they said, we, have, we don't really, we want someone to have this that would love it if possible, but of course we'll put it on the market. But I could tell from talking to them that, they didn't want to get into the drama. And not just risky, it would also be, you know, it also hurt you a little bit to well, see some, a beautiful old home you just, turn into I mean, for me, it would. I mean, I understand the, the potential of developing, but I always feel like protecting what we have is important and, and enhancing what we have. 
I've got to well, go though. I can't believe oh, there are historic homes I have to show today. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, you know, I've been saying this. I'm ready to sell my house. So, well, let's. I'm looking, I'll start with I, I want a, I want a historical home. I want to move to. We'll get an you old home to a historical home. So. I've got a really nice one on the lake. Okay, over. you are way <laughs> over my price point. I know. It's really nice. In fact, <laughs> on the lake. I'll have to plug that one on our next one. All right. Okay. Hey, well, you go sell your house. And okay. We'll talk to you next time. Okay. Thanks, Dave. Right. Thank you. Melissa Unscripted is produced by Tiger Moth Creative, helping businesses and nonprofits leverage the power of their story. Find links and show notes at melissagreer.com, and so you'll never miss a show, subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And make sure you give us a good rating. That's it for now. See you next time.